Welcome to the Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 42 and 43 of The Dragon Reborn, Easing the Badger, and Shadow Brothers. Enjoy! All right, welcome to season three, episode seventeen. Um, we're actually at sixty-one. This sixty-first episode Ooh. since we started this. Crazy. We're getting, yeah, we're getting up there. Uh, it's gonna be fun when we get to the the big one hundred. But <laughs> oh, we're one eighth of the way there. Whoa, <laughs> we've got a long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're getting there. We're almost done with book three. We got like actually, I think we have four four weeks after this, so mm-hmm. we're literally getting getting towards the end. Four more episodes at least, not four weeks, because we're taking a week off of recording. Um, but we're still putting an episode that week, so yeah, yay! You'll, you'll um, never, if you're downloading, you'll never even notice. It'll just be yeah, there. Yeah, just it'll be there. Um, we made sacrifices to do this for you guys. So appreciate it. <laughs> love us. Um, and speaking of which loving us, uh, we have no patrons. So if you want to love us a little more, um, we can, <laughs> you can monetarily love us. Uh, we, we can't be bought. I used to say that all the time. Like uh, uh, when people would, like recruiters would call me up like and said like, so uh, what would take, take you to uh, switch jobs? I'm like, I can be bought name (laughs) (laughs) how much you want to give me uh let's talk about it and and it's funny like and and i can't talk too much about the the work i do but in my industry you can work in like you know a lot of people say like oh you're a company man you know a lot of companies reward you not in my industry at all like the way you move up is you jump back and forth so i worked for one company for years and applied for upper level positions and never got them i went and left for another company for one year and came back and got the position i applied for like Yep. With just one year of leave, like it, you can just jump the ladder up. I jump back and forth between companies, <laughs> but now I run my own little shop. So it's not, I'm never going to leave where I am. Why did our stuff. numbers yeah. tick down? <laughs> Alan took another job. Well, get them back. <laughs> get them back. <laughs> Bring them back. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, Give them the corner office. Exactly. But now, now, yeah, now, now in my job now, it's i uh, I'm, I'm done moving, but yeah. So, um, um, as far as everything else goes, another thing I talk about is like how many downloads we had, but there's, I mean, so if you guys haven't don't know this by now, I keep spreadsheets and statistics on lots and lots of different things. So rather than just keep on reading, like we just hit 50,000 downloads. Um, I want to kind of do some fun facts. Like, so we're just starting March, at least for us, this is going to be like two weeks later when this episode's released. So it's be halfway through March, but um, um, for February, uh, we had 218 new listeners start our podcast. So, um, you know, nice. we talk about like, you know, how many people are, are have downloaded total. You know, we have 60 episodes or 59 currently released, 60 by the time you're listening to this, or this is our 61st. Um, so that 50,000 is stretched out over, you know, 50,000 um, episodes or 50,000 over 61 episodes. But what's really cool is I do track like how many people are listening to our first three episodes, and I um, 
uh, you know, it, some people listen to one episode and not listen to the other one. So I, I track it and the first, you know, who makes it past the first three? Cause then I figure that you actually listen to us versus like, give us a shot. I'm like, Nope, not interested. <laughs> so yeah, 218 for, uh, for February, oh, wow. which is, a uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know, the great thing about cool. that is we have, we have more people coming through, I guess, like, you know, if you want to call it a pipeline, whatever, like we have new listeners constantly, you know, finding our podcast. Um, and if we can keep like, you know, hundreds coming in, it just keeps on growing and growing. So as long as that number stays up, I'm really happy about it. I still um, feel like if they listen long enough to get to the, to the worst dark friend ever episode, like at that point, either you're hooked or you're not. Because that's my most outrageous moment, and at that point, Chris is already putting floaties on us. So we've we've done our best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's as good as it gets for now. Yeah, exactly. And then no other big milestones. We did have a big burst today in Discord. People joined Discord. A lot of first time readers, which is always exciting uh, when we got the first time readers coming through because we we love them. Um, a lot of times they're already, you know, halfway through the series when they join the discords. Cause they're, you know, a lot of people find this book and they start just reading it on their own and then, or the series. And then like, you know, a couple of books and they're like, I want to talk to more people about this. Let me go online. And that's how they find us. So, but yeah, it's, it's rare when we find someone that's still an eye of the world that joined the discord, but yeah, it happens every once in a while. Um, and, and we do appreciate that. Um, and speaking of other listeners, um, I want to go back to the United States with our location this week uh, and go to New Mexico. So we do have listeners in New Mexico. Actually, we have in all 50 states, but I just want to shout out to New Mexico. Never been there. I do want to go there sometime. I've been to Arizona, been to Colorado, uh, all around uh, New Mexico, but never been to actually New Mexico. So maybe I'll go to Albuquerque sometime and hang out. I don't know. What's you guys can uh, maybe send me an email. Let me know what's really cool to do in New Mexico. Cause I don't. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. I just don't know. <laughs> is, is there cool stuff to do? Is there stuff I should see? Should I travel there? Should I make a vacation? I don't know. Yeah, we have listeners there. Let me know. <laughs> All right. Um, Fill me in um, on that, Alan. I, if they hit you up, if if they email yeah, or something, I'm curious. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually I'm like legitimately curious. Um, so and then also giveaways. Uh, last week we did a giveaway uh, live on our dis our, uh, for our Discord listener. Um, so sometimes we'll do giveaways for Discord. Uh, next month uh, in April we will be doing another giveaway. It will be another book. So it'll be the Dragon Reborn. We'll do another hardcover copy, and that'll be in April. So keep looking for that, and I'll be on Twitter. So we'll be back on the on the Twitters. Uh, and doing that. So as far as personal life goes, um, Ian reminded me right before I came on, I wasn't going to talk about it cause I forgot, but yeah, so I was, I, I'm a dark friend, not only on this podcast, but apparently within as a family, family, uh, uh, member as well. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so we had nachos, uh, last night for dinner and I forgot that we had bought a jar of jalapenos. So I, I went and busted them out cause my wife does not eat spicy food at all. So the, it, the jalapenos are for me. So I bust them out to put them on, on my nachos and was eating jalapenos. And I turned to my wife and I was like, how old do kids have to be before you introduce them to like spicy, spicy? Like, I mean, not that jalapenos are that spicy, um, but, but <laughs> for kids that don't have any spice at all, it's spicy um, for, for someone that, you know, doesn't eat any yeah. spice. Um, and she was like, yeah, so, you know, well, some cultures, you know, that's all they eat is spicy food. So pretty much when they're infants, you can feed them hot peppers. I was like, okay, well, turn to my kids. I was like, you guys want to try something new? And my son's like, nope, not at all. And my daughter, of course, will eat anything you give her. So I gave it to her first, gave her a little piece, loved it. 
kept on, you know, wanting more. She kept on asking for more. Um, and kept on giving her more, kept on eating more and more jalapeno peppers. Her nose turned red, but she just did cry, nothing, just wanted more. So she loved love it. it. Um, my son, um, after seeing his sis- younger sister eating, um, and my son's three, um, you know, he decides that he wants to try one too. And, uh, and he thinks that mayonnaise is spicy. So, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> so I knew it wasn't going to end well. And I, and I, I looked at my wife and I was like, don't tell him it's spicy. Otherwise he won't try it. I was like, you gotta let him try things. And I was like, all right, we're going to do this. So I got milk ready for him, handed him a tiniest little sliver of jalapeno. And as soon as it hit his tongue, just blood curling, screaming. Um, and I think I've lost all trust. Um, he doesn't trust his dad anymore at all. Um, even tonight, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want dad to play with me tonight. Daddy, you go cook food and mom can play with me. Like, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. So, so um, I think he's I've got to work on his logic, water. though. That gives you opportunity to put jalapeno in his dinner. I know, so and he, everything. He wasn't thinking. <laughs> yeah. But the thing I, on a more somber note, the thing I was going to talk about tonight, um, and I've talked about this in my Discord, but I, I figured I need at least mention it. Um, so many of y'all know as well. I do have a dog. Um, her name's Chessie. She's a she's a cute little thing. Um, and she's been kind of sick for a while. We thought she had cancer. Um, took her to the vet. Um, at first, the vet thought it was cancer because uh, they did an, ult- uh, an ultrasound, and it looked like it uh, there was a mass uh, in her bladder and might have been um, a tumor. So after doing x-rays and further testing, we found out that she has massive kidney stones. So good, no cancer, horrible, massive kidney stones. So um, that's been fun because we're now scheduling surgery to have, I mean, when I'm talking about massive, like these are bigger things. Like he showed me the x-ray pictures. I was like, good Lord. Like, how are you still functioning? Like, I I don't understand. Like, and she still runs around like she's a puppy. I'm like, you must have the pain tolerance of like, I don't (laughs) <laughs> like the incredible hulk or something like that and she just doesn't even doesn't even phase her but i'm like that's yeah anyway so um it's a so dog, poor poppers number yeah. one job is to put a smile on on their people's faces and they put that in front of everything she, yep she's and, a good dog. Yeah, she's a good she's a good puppy so um yeah so that's the, in, in my world that's the next big thing coming up is we're trying to um uh figure out timing and, and yeah, and schedule some surgery for her. So it'll be fun. Um, we'll have a sick puppy that we have to take care of, um, but probably the next week or two we'll, we'll be taking her in to, to have Good. it done. So Good yeah. Luck with that. Good luck. With yeah. That. So that's on the personal note, kind of sad, but at the same time, at least it's not cancer. Like it's, it's very cur- curable. It's very, very, it's, 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 it's fixable. Whereas, you know, sometimes, sometimes cancer is as well. Sometimes it's, yeah. Um, that's the end. So, yeah. Um, so good and bad news, kidney stones are not fun, but good is not cancer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Agreed. Because yeah. I like her. She's a sweet dog. She was yeah. on our first couple episodes, or our first episode. Or was it yeah, she did bark. Right? Yeah, the first episode. Yeah, she had a squeaky toy in the background. And right, yeah, yeah. She's she has been on this podcast. <laughs> she's, she's part of the whole family, all 50,000 downloads. So what about you guys? What's going on personally? <laughs> what was that, Chris? I said that's why people keep coming back because they hear her. Exactly. They're like, oh, we yeah. need to be here. Yeah. You know what? After she recovers from her surgery, uh, she needs to be our our uh, next guest host. I agree. We'll bring her in for some comments. I mean, I can. I mean, she knows speak as a command. I can just have her like you know, random points to say speak, and she'll bark in the background. So. I am. Yeah, I am certain our listeners will eat that up. We'll do that at like six o'clock and not eight thirty. 
because the last person <laughs> I want to be speaking to us after the fact is your wife. Oh, yeah, with the kids asleep. <laughs> the kids asleep and the dog barking every five seconds. Chris, you are smart. Yeah, uh, good thinking. I'm happy. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so personal life, what's going on with you guys? So today I am just going to get into one story. I'm going to tell you all a little bit about my job. What does Ian actually do? I am a building manager uh, for the federal government, for an agency in the federal government. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we do some buildings that are uh, owned by the federal government, and then we lease some space for other federal agencies and manage that. I have a very old building, hundreds of years old, that is entirely owned by the federal government. And we have uh, a couple of different agencies that are housed there. We have a lot of infrastructure projects going on right now uh, because, you know, it's old and you got to rehab every now and then. One of the projects we're doing, um, because of all this, we had an opportunity to clear out a huge section of our third floor and we're creating new judges chambers. Uh, and right now they're at the point where they are going to pour a self-leveling uh, compound, which is essentially a really soupy concrete. And I know with the amount of listeners we have out there, we have some construction folks. So a really soupy, watery concrete mixture going on to where they just demoed in a extremely old building where we did not get an opportunity to inspect where they plugged all of the uh, through holes. You know, over the years, you have different pipes that have been demoed, this, that, and the other. So anyways, uh, I get two guys in hard hats and vests that I've never seen before just bursting into my office. And I'm in, I'm in an online meeting. So I mute it. I turn them like, yes. And they're like sweating. One looks panicked. They're like, we have a problem. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what? They're like, you should just come with us. Um, so I'm semi-terrified at this point because, you know, uh, I've been on job sites back when I used to swing a hammer where somebody's been severely injured. I've been on one where somebody died and the way they were acting, I, I thought that's where we were at. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, but I get to, they take me to the second floor, not the third floor, the second floor. I was like, ah, interesting. We round a corner and I could hear it before I saw it. I heard not dripping sounds. I heard waterfall type sounds. And I round the corner in this floor leveling compound is pouring through the drop ceiling coming down the walls uh we have some hard ceiling areas in the older portion of the chambers there and it's around light fixtures it's just pouring down and it's hitting desk it's hitting books that are extremely old uh it's hitting paintings that are extremely valuable and i'm just standing there and my mind is just doing all the math of everything that is effed up with this situation. And like, uh, it's, you ever have one of those moments where your brain does a cramp or like a little explosion goes on in your brain. It's like a, it just, and you freeze for a moment. It's, am I the only one, Alan, Chris, everybody here here with you? Yeah. So it was one of those moments and they were like, what do we do? And I'm just like quiet for a second going, uh, (laughs) so, Anyways, um, I, that, that was my entire day. Of course, I do more of the 
uh, I'm in, I'm in a shirt and tie now. I'm the guy that drinks the coffee and checks behind the guy that checks behind the guy that checks behind the guy that actually does the work. Um, so I had to get on a bunch of meetings with people from all over the country that are involved in this project. And then all of the representatives of the, you know, the agency that were affected and everything. And it just, it was crazy. Uh, I got in work this morning at seven 30 and I left at six 30, which I know that's not a long day for some people, but I'm a government employee now. Like I should not be working days that long. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I had taken a pause in the alcoholic beverages, more for a fitness thing than anything else. Uh, but I am, I am sipping on some wine tonight because, what a day! Yeah, very stressful. Yeah, <laughs> it was, and it was one of those moments where, like, when before I even started talking, I, I kind of laughed, and they looked at me funny, like, "Why are you laughing at this?" But it was actually that bad where. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Start drinking beer. Exactly. I th- I joked with so the the um the security folks came up there because with us going in there it set off alarms and everything. And we were joking. I was like, man, if if this had happened, like if we were working forty years ago, we would just walk back to my office. I'd pull out that bottle of scotch and we would just get drunk at the office. But you can't do that these days. So yeah, it was yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's like the time we hit a bridge. What do you do? You start <laughs> drinking some beer. <laughs> we, we drop anchor and finish off whatever alcohol we have left. That's what I wanted to do. Drop anchor, yeah, yep. drink the beer. All of the beer. All of it. <laughs> Very good. Chris, what's going on with you? <laughs> Nothing that um, that big. I appreciate everybody recording tonight because um, – you know, as everybody has heard me complain about a couple of times now, we start back in person um, with our students next Monday. So I decided last this past weekend that um, I was going to have Chanel come visit me in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is about three hours from me and three hours from her because uh, I had to go out there to coach because you guys know I coach part time. Well, I finish a track meet on Friday and it's supposed to rain. So like we're expecting rain and then we get snow. So I like pulled an audible and I'm like, all right, I, I've got to get out of here. I've got to go somewhere. I call Chanel. I'm like, don't come here. You'll get stuck or worse. You'll get into an accident. And it was like instant. All right, I'm coming down there. guy. <laughs> so instead of driving the three hours home, I just drove the three hours to her place, which was cool. Uh, okay. And we, we spent the weekend and the rest of the week together knowing that unless she, there's good news for her coming up, hopefully. Um, if she gets this new job, we may see each other again in March. If not, we won't see each other again until April. So it's like, all right, we're going to get our last few minutes in here and then, you know, kind of prepare for the worst, but hope for better. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of the reason why, and you know, by the time she makes it to this episode, we will be at the point where we will be engaged because that's happening okay. uh, during spring break. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, Congrats. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm definitely excited and anxious for that. But on the note of her, like she has two big interviews back to back on <laughs> Friday. She's got one with talent acquisition for um, potential new job, which by the time this comes out, hopefully she'll have the job. Um, and then the boss and the boss's boss of that position are supposed to meet with her 30 minutes afterwards. 
I'm like, how sketch does that sound? <laughs> but these people wanted to hire her a couple years back, but because of her dad's position in the company, they could not hire her. So I think this is kind of like the retribution moment. Okay. So cool. Well, exciting news coming up, I guess. Yeah. That'll be fun. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I will try not to stalk y'all and like hide in the bushes and jump out with confetti when she says yes. Like, uh, that'd be cool. I'm going to try not to, but no promises. We started looking at townhouse yeah. things in Charlotte. Like we we're going for with, with plans as if we're like already there. So, so when is, when is spring break? I don't spring. know. Cause I like that all. Full week of April. So the fifth through the eighth. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that, that includes that Easter Night. it's Easter Sunday. And then that week, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's really the third through the 11th. Gotcha. I'll just make sure we didn't have a, a guest on that week in case we have to move things around. But no, we're going to have guests that week. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm always trying to figure things out. Yeah, we, we have a guest in the last episode of March that we're recording. Gotcha. And then we have one. The rest of this now. <laughs> we, have the, we have one the end of our mid-April, the last episode of this uh, chapter. We have, a, we have a patron that's coming on to join us. Ooh. Giggity, giggity. Yeah. So it's really fun. Um. Yeah, our next one's the uh, well, we record on on March thirtieth, but that's when it'll come out in April, first week of April, and that's going to be a return guest. I'll announce that tonight. Why not? Um, because they've already confirmed they're coming on, and hopefully we get all of them this time. But uh, we're having the return of the Black Tower on the yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, we'll have the the three guys. Hopefully, all three of them. They, all said yes so hopefully nothing nothing knock on wood that nothing comes up and all three of them can join us um for a fun-filled episode um now be fun this when they came on last time there was the one gentleman who was able he did some of the reading and he read some of the old tongue and did it like perfectly right Uh that's what yep okay i'm thinking about that was daniel that was awesome yeah (laughs) yeah and yeah, he'll he'll be back. Hopefully, uh, Andrew and then Josh is the one that couldn't make it last time. Hopefully, he can he can come on this time. So, yeah, looking forward to that. So, now let's move on to predictions. Um, last time we didn't do any predictions because we didn't um, know what time we were in. We did, it was it was a yeah, time we loop. were in a time warp. So, but we do have predictions this time. So, I, I'll run through a few of them uh, from last episode which was uh more gaze is being controlled by someone or something you thought of like a king of rowan kind of situation or something right going on there um matt is going to use the fireworks to blow something up um uh, or blow somebody or something it's gonna be fantastic whatever we edit that out matt is not gonna blow somebody (laughs) okay (laughs) blow someone up right words are uh Yes, Fael is a princess, um, or maybe Matt will blow someone. We, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know how Matt is. <laughs> we, we haven't entered like the super kinky world of Jordan yet. Mm. Uh, maybe it exists. He's got a lot of books. You got to fill. Yeah. You got to fill the time. Exactly. Um, so uh, Fael's a princess um, was another prediction. That's from a while ago, but you know we're we're talking about Fael. She's in these chapters again, so just brought that back up. And then. Um, Tom is going to get back with more gays. They're going to go back to Caneland and Tom's going to rekindle. So those were some predictions from, uh, from last time slash couple times ago, but 
Yeah. Any other predictions you guys want? To, I mean, I think you guys want to bring up uh, a few things, right? Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. I like so being we'll, right. Was it the the new high? Uh, is it a high? Not high lord. Uh, like, what, what, what is that the, position? Uh, this, the Council of Nine. So one, one of the one of the lords that rules over Ilion. Right. Yeah. Someone he, very smart said something about them being a dark friend. Did they? Did they specify? I can't remember. How dark, I have to go back like, and listen. Yeah. If they said dark friend or yeah, but anyway. Someone so. was very wise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not I, me. I'm not being prideful said, here. It wasn't me. Definitely said Yeah, so. that's okay. I thought so. I was, I was waiting yeah. for you to chime in. Yeah. Love yeah. It. So let's jump right into this uh this first chapter we're covering, which is uh Easing the Badger. <laughs> <laughs> chapter 42. <laughs> hey, the meaning and, of life is easing the badger. There you go. <laughs> How about you know, you gotta that? The, you gotta calm that badger down sometimes. Uh, so <laughs> chapter 42, <laughs> it's uh, easing the badger. Our icon is a dragon's fang. Um, and uh, yeah, we start right off with him walking into the actual city of Ilion. Um, now, I don't know if you guys, and they get a lot of description here, um, but um, you know, as they walk through different parts of the city and you see all the different the buildings and all the buildings are slightly smaller than one building, which is the King's building. Um, and all the other ones are slightly smaller, um, or at least around it, like the noble mint, like houses or castles or whatever. I don't know. There's, they noticed that and, and they're walking through and they call the different sections of the city's quarters. Um, and there's canals everywhere. Um, and a lot of people compare Ilion to like Norlands. Norlands. Um, Nolens, because it's because it's divided into quarters, you know, just like you know the French Quarter and things like that. In fact, they go to one place called the Perfume Quarter, quarter, mm-hmm. um, which is named that because it's where there might be um, a House of the Rising Sun or something. Um, <laughs> You're trying to get me to sing again. I'm telling you, you missed your chance. You need to learn to hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> or the or the ease and the badger, um, you know, but. Um, you know, the, 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 the smell of the city is pretty bad too. Like, you know, the people obviously throw their waste into like the canals and the alleyways. It's a big city and it's, you know, medieval slash Renaissance type time, you know, frame or whatever, what it, what it feels like, at least in this book. So Look, it's dirty. If, it's smelly. If we're making the new Orleans reference, if y'all have ever been there, you know, there are certain times of the day and there's certain, like the lowest parts of the French quarter, especially it just smells like sewage. It, yeah it does so, so and that's the, even today modern times another person said uh in chat that Ileana has also been compared to venice because of the canals as well oh so, easily yeah i, I yeah, can picture yeah. that so yeah i've seen i actually have seen that comparison as well i've seen both um um that it's been compared to to both those places um, venice also only, has its smelly moments as well it, when you're yeah, around water like that and mm-hmm. when you're dealing with the sewage and all that jazz and waste like it's inevitable yeah, they and actually if it, if recommend. It's marshy, low tide will get you. Poof. Yeah, and they actually recommend like different times of year not to Venice, visit Venice because it smells so bad. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, they're 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 walking through, um, and I guess we'll just start there. Like, what do you guys think about at least the description of Ilion and and kind of the the, the feel of the city before we get into uh, more of the conversation that happens around the people of Ilion. I was surprised to learn that up until this point, from the time they left Edmonds Field, 
uh, until now, apparently Perrin has had absolutely no privacy because <laughs> he thinks to himself, he goes, he missed the hammer and tongs in his hands. And I was like, you know what? Poor guy. He probably does miss that. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time he had some, some lone time to be able to, you know, relieve some mm-hmm. stress? Yeah. <clears throat> Can I, I'm going to roll the dice here and I'm going to tell a small story and then Alan, you can decide if you want to delete it or not. So probably not. My, <laughs> my first deployment, you know, I'm fresh out of college. I go to Germany. We do some time in the field and they're like, you're going to Iraq. And I was like, yay. And we went and stress and away from home and all that jazz. And we do a month and a half in Kuwait and theater reserve. And then we finally push up into Iraq. And then like a couple months later, uh, I went to one of the, one of the docs, one of the medics, he wasn't an actual doctor, but you know, we call them all docs. So I was like, Hey doc, um, let me talk to you real quick. And he's trying to be loud. I'm like, no, no, like off to the side, let me talk to you. And I, I, I told him I was having some pain down in the groin area. And I was like, it was so bad. And I was thinking like, what do I got? cancer to get like what's going on here did i drink the local water is, is there did you clap? no no well <laughs> so again germany is a different story but from kuwait on that did not happen trust me um so anyways we're talking and then he just gets this shitty and grin on his face and he was like so uh when was the last time you uh and i was like well i've been pretty busy and not many females in our unit, so I have not. He was like, "No, no, no." I mean, like, what if you take care, taking care of business by yourself? And I hadn't even thought about it at that point. Like my my days were eighteen hour days plus, and it was just crazy for all those months. And I was like, "You needed to ease the badger." Yeah, that's essentially <laughs> what he said. And he was like, "You got, you got to, you got to do it. You can't just ignore that. You go too long, especially at that age. Like, I, I guess." I guess the pipes get clogged. I don't know, but it causes problems. So yeah, uh, I have two things from my rack of pieces of paperwork that I saved. One, I got a speeding ticket in Iraq uh, on a U.S. military base, which I thought was hilarious. And the other one is I got a prescription <laughs> from the doc that allowed me to kick my um, my roommate out of the the tent there. <laughs> For three times a week, I could kick him out and get 30 minutes of privacy. <laughs> and but I, was, orders. I was required to ease the badger. And you know, and it it worked. <laughs> it was it got rid of the pain. So listen, mm. listen, guys, if you have gone I've done more that. than three months, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Take take care of that. Mm. <clears throat> Yeah. And Alan, you can decide if you want to keep that or delete it. No, I'll keep it. Yeah, it's 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 always awkward when 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 things like that happen. And I I'll tell a funny story on on myself and then on a friend because I don't feel like I need to I need to speak on myself before I, I make fun of my friend. Um, but uh, people know me personally. Uh, we have two kids now, but my wife and I went through fertility problems for a while, and it's always awkward awkward when a doctor tells you to do that. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, we, I, you know, we had to go get, you know, fertility type thing. So it's, uh, 
it's definitely the most awkward thing in the entire world. Um, but you know, Hey, um, it's, it's part of, you know, if anyone it, here listening has not had kids yet or has not had problems with that, it's a very awkward thing to do, but it is something that you have to do. And then you have to do it at a doctor's office. Makes it even more weird. At least you had a tent. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they have a room and they're like, yeah, just go in there and give me a sample. I was like, really? So the funny story of my friend had another friend that um, had, had uh, similar fertility issues and went to a doctor and I guess they didn't, the nurse there didn't specify what kind of sample they needed. And they just were going to do like a simple uh, STD test first before they did like a, a, like a sperm count and things like that. So they hand him a cup and say like, hey, we need a sample. Go inside, you know, and they figured that he would know it was for urine. And he comes back with a cup full of, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the nurse says, not what we were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> that, <about> awkward <laughs> you know what i can't be mad at that person that is something i would do that's considering the situation you, and, you know what you're going for it'd be like sample well, all right let's, all right let's go ahead and do it <laughs> knock one out real quick uh anyways so so now we got really personal on the wheel reads right <laughs> For those that had to go to the dusty wheel, they're missing out on all of it. Oh, yeah. They'll get it a week later, yeah, or two yeah. weeks later, whatever. So, <laughs> so Perrin missed the hammer and tongs in his hands. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he did that white hot metal, giving off sparks as, <laughs> as his blow shaped it. Oh God, it gets better <laughs> if you keep reading. <laughs> Chris, save us, please. Yeah, say something intelligent. I've got nothing. <laughs> Oh, this this episode is gonna be rough, huh? It yeah. really is. I'm sorry. Like yeah. I'm hard. It's gonna be a rough episode. Um. Anyway, so yeah. So, parents really, really upset about not being able to use his blacksmithing skills. Um. And then as they're walking through, like Loyal's really nervous, uh, just because people are familiar with Ogier here, and they can't really figure out. I guess we we know that Loyal does not want to find another Ogier at all. So he's. Right. He's uh, super nervous walking through Ilion, but they're trying to like ease his tension. Like, hey, look, they know Ogier here. They're not trying to chase you with pitchforks. Like, you should be happy. And he's like, yeah, can we get somewhere else? Like, <laughs> out of the public. Um, and at the same time, Fayil is, you know, um, telling Perrin a little bit about Ilion because that's where the hunt of the horn started. I love that. She's just, she goes, she's just like, uh, that is the square of Tamaz where I took the hunter's oath. And she goes, I think I'll end up teaching you so much. No one will notice the hay in your hair. <laughs> I I think she's, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to be that guy that reads into stuff too much, but there, she's teasing him for more than just a little history lesson on Ilion. We get further mm-hmm. in. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. She's teasing some other things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, Lan and Moraine are kind of thinking that something's off about the city too. Like something's wrong here. And like Perrin gets super nervous about that. He's like, if they're nervous, like then something must be really bad. And like, he didn't notice it at first, but then he starts to look around um, and realize that, you know, people like have grimaces on their faces. Like there's just, it. everyone's off. Like not everyone, but like, it's, I think it was like one in five people like look like they had hatred in their face and like, just real like even the juggler like you think of like a street performer like looking like hatred as he's juggling like just really really yeah 
Yeah, so the chancellor on the corner ground his teeth and stared at the folk who tossed coin into the cap lying in front of him as if he hated them. Not everyone looked so, but it seemed to him that at least one face in five were anger and hatred, and he did not think they were even aware of it. So it's not even that they had this look of disdain on their face, but they didn't realize it. It's like that had become their nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> what clicked here is, one, as they're coming up to this area uh, to where they're at, to Ilion, um, Perrin had finally tried to reach out and sense to see if there's wolves there and there was nothing. There was no connection, nothing at all. And then I started, I was like, okay, what would make that happen? And then I started thinking all the way back to our tinkers where they would just kind of like walk outside, stick their nose in the air, pick a direction and go. But they had this ability to sense like a safe way to go, a not safe way to go. So I'm thinking at this point, we're in one of those, we're in a, we're in a bad juju place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you call it the shadow, if you call it whatever, I don't know. But there, there's a there's a deep rooted evil, you know, not just like a, a an evil individual that's walking around, but whatever it is, is it's got its roots deep and it's affecting everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and they, and they, like I said, they make their way to the. The perfume corner quarter and they get to the end using the badger badger. So anything you guys want to talk about before we get to this end? Uh, I want to give loyal some credit. It's not just that he's afraid of running into Ogier. Uh, he knows for a fact that this place that Ogier from his steading come here and, mm-hmm. and have recently, and they get called back to do work and everything. So it's a legitimate fear. He's not being a wuss here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this, this is, we ran into Ogier before that weren't from his steading and kind of gave the blessing for him to continue on his journey, but he might not get that same reception from his people. Cause again, right. I still think there's a more to the story of him leaving than just, Oh my gosh, women are trying to tie me down. Let me be a rolling stone. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's probably a little more. Well, yeah. and I completely agree with you on that sentiment. It is. Yeah, I mean, he made it, Excuse me. It's really interesting that this is one of the few places that Ogier is still called to because we've been through so many towns and cities now where it's like, yeah, this was done in ancient times or so long ago. And, oh, I'm glad we get to see this. But here we have Ogier still actively being reached out to and used for man's purposes when it seems like they've all but kind of stopped. So mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder like, what's so special about his group or is it just yeah. convenience? Yeah, and, and Perrin does try to, to ease uh, Loyal a little bit by saying, you know, Moraine won't let them take you, you know, like just like last time. And and Loyal's like, yeah, I guess maybe she might need me to go in the ways again. So, you know, um, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not. But <laughs> and who? Do, but who does he say it in front of? Like our little intelligence gatherer, mm-hmm. she notices yeah. everything and listens to everything she can. Uh, oh, gosh. These are one of these, it's one of those fun interactions. I could just see Perrin recognizing what's coming out of his mouth first. And he doesn't want to let her know that he knows he didn't want her to hear. So he's very like quietly trying to do the oil, oil, shut shut the fuck up. (laughs) But clearly she's super observant and she heard it and is now watching 
preparing freak out about what she heard. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. So, you know, all this, you know, obviously loyal is really, really nervous. Um, uh, we got that from when he met at the other study with the other elders, like that his studying's looking for him because he left without permission. So he doesn't want to run into his own people because yeah, he's worried that they'll make him go back. And then we get to this end. He's in the badger. Um, Parents sees a sign and has no idea what that means and thinks, oh, it might be a story I never heard of. Um, <laughs> um, See there, Ian, maybe he has never eased the badger. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he just hasn't eased the badger before. <laughs> oh, no. It was somebody else's. Like, even, even if you were raised by Puritans, by eighth grade, most guys, like, roll over in the morning and catch the sheets the wrong way and unintentionally ease the badger. I mean, come on. That's <laughs> at his age, impossible. Yeah. Unless there's a medical condition or something like, yeah, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. So then they walk into the inn and there's a young woman performing music on one of the tables and all the men are gathered around this one table and she's wearing a very low necked, like V shape, you know, V neck, a uh, blouse, pretty much exposing everything, dancing on the tables. Um, and the song's familiar to Perrin, but the words are not. And once he starts listening to the words, he starts to blush because um, this is definitely uh, not not something he's used to seeing. <laughs> a luggard girl, she came to town to see what she could see. With a wink in her eye and a smile on her lips, she snagged a boy or three or three. With an ankle slim, skin <laughs> so pale, she caught the owner of a ship, a ship. With a soft, light sigh and a gay little laugh, she made her way so free, so free. So is this one of those inns where like you go and you sit down and there's girls performing and you look at the menu and you're like, why does one glass of champagne cost 250 euro? Because that's a lot of euro. For one glass of champagne, they're like, "Well, it's a glass of champagne and etc." I'm like, "What is it?" And you get like, to go to the champagne room right. to drink your champagne. Na- <laughs> naive, naive Ian is like, "No, I still don't get it." Like, I just, I don't. I, 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 well, I parent, don't parents, it. right there with you. His little two rivers uh, <laughs> stuff is. I don't understand what's going on. What, what does this lap dance thing mean? Oh man. Uh, anyway. Um, so, um, yeah, the innkeeper comes over. It's a woman named Nita. Is that how you say it? Nita? Nita? Sure. Nita. Um, sure. I agree. And she knows Moraine um, as Mit- Mistress Mari. Um, so another name that Moraine goes by. Because um, I think, what was her name? Um, Alice was her name back yep, in Barrelon. So she's Mari here. Um, and she and Moraine seem to know each other Um and and she asks her like you know the innkeeper like what's going on in the city like you know what what kind of things so this is kind of so you get the idea that like she has like these people in different cities that like gather information for her so she comes there and, right. and she asks about them. the pigeons that's important have my pigeons arrived mm-hmm. so like yep. to your point there's not just runners of people but there's a long long distance communication going on back and forth so mm-hmm. she's been receiving info. Well, I mean, she had a stream of women come visit her when she was with Rand. Right. At the beginning of this book. 
She, for someone who understands how important communication is, she also sucks at it. Can we, we always talk about how poor communication is, but here's an example where she has a good communication network. She's been, she's got all these ways of people to just feed her. Hey, what's going on? What's the vibe of the town? Like what's, what's happening, but she doesn't share that shit with anybody. Like what's the point of her getting that info? If I don't know. Maybe we yeah. find out she's smarter than I think she is, but so mm-hmm. far, I, yep. think she, I, think she I would be remiss more. not to go back and and talk about how uh, Zareen is super um, interested in the looks that Perrin is giving. The, the, the woman dancing, yeah. <laughs> she was just sitting there nodding in time with the music and grinning, but she said her yes. grin widened when she looked at Perrin. Why farm boy? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a man your age who could still blush. <laughs> She's calling out for being a virgin right off the bat. <laughs> she call, she's calling him out. And to what we were saying earlier, she she's making some Exactly. I won't this say offerings, but she's she's given the opening eyes. for him to, you know. It makes me like rethink bedroom eyes for being yeah. royalty because I'm like not no maybe like in, in a den of thieves or something you oh. know <laughs> no 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 so i've dated a girl that might as well have been a preacher's daughter uh and i've 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 dated <laughs> girls that came from a whole lot of wealth and prestige and let me tell you sometimes if they're overly sheltered for a period of time because of their family status um they have a they have a breakout moment Sometimes it's their teens, early twenties, maybe mm-hmm. later. I, I don't know. Do but if you're there for it, oof. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been prepare I've, yourself I've been there through it. So I, I agree with you. No, yeah. maybe yeah. I'm gonna stick with that. She's she's some type of princess from somewhere, but she's okay. a little risque. Yeah. Okay. So I just the po- point being, like, however somebody place or wherever somebody places themselves on the sexuality scale, like, you know, where how how risque they want to be or any i don't think it has much to do with that like i've met prudes that it, it had nothing mm. to do with wealth because they were on you yeah. know, the low end of the spectrum yeah. whatever you you meet them from yeah all walks of life all walks of life it's more of a personality thing yeah. um but so, yeah so exactly. go ahead i was just like going to to the thought of the comments being made um she said i mistress it'd be that talking about um, things were considerably quieter um, last year than it is this year. She said, the louts haven't gotten over the winter yet. It does seem. I have not had a fight in the Badger in 10 years. So the tale of this winter gone. So we can see that the disposition of the people has definitely become a little bit worse there. Yeah. And you know, that's why she hired the girls cause they, to call the fights because there's just been an unusual amount of fights in the, in the end. A lot of testosterone in the room. Yeah. So e- even when men are like being affected by just purest forms of evil that exist around them, they can be distracted by a pretty woman singing and dancing. What is that? I just, yeah. what does that say? I hope I'm not yeah. in that category, but yeah, I probably am. Get that, get yeah. It. So yeah. And then Maureen asks, you know, about what's going on in the city and anything weird going on in the city and, and she kind of pauses and goes, well, you know, there is a new uh, Council of Nine member, um, and it's kind of weird. Like, he came last year just out of nowhere. No one really knew where he came from, um, from some small city somewhere on the border. And 
Uh, within a week, he was raised up, and now he's the most powerful guy there. Um, kind of strange, but he's a really nice guy. So, you know, um, everybody kind of looks to him for everything. You um, can't help but like, like him. Yeah. He, he <laughs> came like out him of nowhere. Uh, yeah, he came out of nowhere, and no one knows who he is, but he now kind of rules everything. Uh, Defies <laughs> all logic, breaks tradition in every way. I mean, like, seriously, this has never happened before. But you know what? Cool dude. We're going to cool let it slide. Exactly. <laughs> so, and and, and Rain kind of presses a little further. Anything think this else doesn't happen in real life. She goes, well, I shouldn't really talk about this, but um, um, I, I feel kind of embarrassed. But, you know, I have weird dreams about him sometimes and in this weird place with like these bridges and like platforms. And, and you know, other people say they have the same dreams, too. It's kind of strange. And, but, you know, oh, that's just that's just craziness. And Rain's like, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> mm, I'm going to need my room right now. Right now. We need to we go have some, some talks. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> question, though. We we tend to see this happen around Taviran. Mm-hmm. I first thought it wasn't just a Taviran thing. I thought it was a dragon thing because at first mm-hmm. we talked about it around Ran. But the more we've gotten into the Taviran thing, yeah, that that's could obviously play into it. Or uh, yeah, and I I kind of meant I meant drag I meant reading around Ran, and then. Also, just people that could channel. Yeah. So are the women that are in Moraine's little spy network women that could have been but were overlooked by the Aes Sedai? No. So I feel like pairs with them and the, the only way the Aes Sedai can do because she's been going around just tagging them and like, okay, you're mine now and I'm going to help to feed you enough to where you can be useful to me, but not so much that you're going to draw attention. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I could see that at this point of reading without knowing what's coming Happens up next. But then like yeah. the guy too saw, saw this stuff in the dream. So it's like, right. Is this only happening. So then it, it, it begs the question, does this happen around men who can channel? Maybe that's because more where I was thinking connection that we have between Ran and the forsaken is the forsaken can channel. Right. So then that's just the one power like seeping out of the, out of them and manifesting itself in others through dreams. Yeah. Possibly. Sure. So um, also before they take their rooms, she does ask, she's like, well, I'll stay here for one night, but then I have to take a ship to Tyr. So any ships leaving the Tyr? She goes, Tyr? No. Um, the council forbidded any ships going to Tyr like a couple weeks ago, and no ships are allowed to come in from Tyr. And Rain's like, interesting. Something's fishy <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Perrin can even smell the fear on her. So some, something's definitely going going wrong i mean we already saw the city with the grimacing as well but more it's like you know they keep on jordan does a really good job at least of like just layering this as it goes along like it just feels more, more icky as you read further and further along like and without coming out it's just something's wrong something's wrong something's wrong <laughs> that that tension that build up can, yeah. can we focus on parent for a second with the smelling of fear it so it may have sure. been mentioned before but it was if it was, it was more of a question mark and him like trying to figure out what his senses are. But now at, at this point, it's pretty solid. He senses like he can smell it and he knows it's fear. Right. Am, am I the only one that noticed that kind of transition here? His 
Yeah, I think yeah, at this point he's definitely coming more into his um abilities. Yeah. I, I try to pick up on these transitions because he's he's struggled so much with what's happening to him and mm-hmm. trusting what he senses, feels, smells, whatever, but uh now, you know, we're getting his perspective and it was no doubt be like, that's fear. Right. And that's fear from Moraine. What the fuck? That's that's scary yeah. fear. <laughs> yeah. So they go up to take their rooms. The Ogier have their own room. So every end pretty much in Ilion does have an Ogier room because they're all tried to. Apparently when the Ogier come to help build stuff, they try to coax the Ogiers to stay in their ends. And Will's like, look, I don't know why they try to do that. We'd all want to stay together. So we wouldn't separate anyway. So you guys are wasting time. Uh, <laughs> but um, he also had heard that all the Ogier had left the city suddenly. Um, during the winter and no one seems to know why, you know, they heard that they quit paying them or something like that. They just all got up and left. Yeah. Well, he said the only way they would leave is if they weren't getting right. paid, but paid. he yeah. heard that that's not the case. So there's something else that drove something them. else. Yeah. yeah. Something else drove them away. And they said, some people saw him leaving in the, in the middle of the night, apparently, but yeah. They knew yeah. one down. They knew that that was a forsaken. They were probably old enough to realize what evil was taking over the land and just like skated out. Like, all right, y'all can deal with this on your own because the last time we lost everything. We're not going to do that again. Yeah. It's kind of like what I was talking about before. Like there's this shadow that's taken over. It's not just a like in individual evil that moves around. And if you're close to him, you might sense it. It is a powerful evil that's seeping into everything. And and that's why I said kind of growing roots in the area. Um, and like you said, right. I, I think they would notice that and be like, bleep this. Yeah. So they, they go up to their rooms, like I said, and parent has, you know, since all this tension with him and, you know, he's been smelling fear on a lot of different people. Um, in the city and he notices that he's not scared at all in fact he's excited and he finally it clicks with him he's like wait that's the same way the wolves feel right before a fight like oh that's why i'm not getting excited is because something's you know it's it's like that's the same feeling that wolves get so he's he's embracing his inner wolf a little bit finally (laughs) embracing is the word instead of questioning and being like Dang these stupid spidey senses! I'm so upset that this is happening. Da 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 da. He's he's making that transition to be like, or using it as a useful tool and being like, okay, I, I need to be more aware. The hair is standing up on the back of my neck. Yeah. But he also notices very quickly when when he when he senses that he knows and he trusts that there's a problem. So where does he look? He looks to marine and land. And they're still going mm-hmm. about their business. And, he, and instead of being relaxed, instead of going, ah, well, if they're fine, I'm fine. He's he, he's processing this like this doesn't make sense. Like I still feel mm-hmm. the threat. And he doesn't let his guard down, which, again, we're, we're talking about that transition of him. You said embracing, I'll say embracing slash trusting these new instincts. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm loving it. Yeah. And so after they check into the rooms, uh, they go downstairs back in the common room for dinner and Perrin begins to s- smell that same wrongness that he smelled before when he was in Rimen, um, a couple of times along on the chase. Um, he had smelled it before and then it went away. Uh, if you remember back from a few chapters ago, 
Um, but he smells it again. And this time it's not going away. And he's trying to identify it. And I love, love the way Jordan writes this. Um, so if you guys want to take the scene, you guys can. But I just, fantastic. I, I, the, the, the way he writes parents scanning the room over and over again. <laughs> it's just brilliant. I think I, I, you just feel like, and you know, there's Billy in the corner. There's these six men coming across the room. There's the girl singing. Okay. Everything's fine. All right. Billy, six men. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Billy is six. Wait, six yeah. men. They're coming towards me. What? The- <laughs> I, I agree. It's like Nita was clearing away the dishes and setting an array of cheeses on a table. When a stink of something vile lifted, the hackles on the back of Perrin's neck. Just that much description just shows you that there's danger. I mean, you can see a dog whose hair is raising. And so right. it was the smell of something that should not be. And he had smelled it twice before. So a smell mm-hmm. of something that should not be as if it was wrong in the world. He peered about the common room uneasy. The girl still saying to the knot of listeners, some men were strolling across the floor from the door. And Billy, still leaning on the wall, tapping his foot to the sound of the bitter. Nada was patting her rolling hair, giving the room a quick glance, and turned to push the cart away. He looked at his companions. Loyal, unsurprisingly, had pulled out a book from his coat pocket and seemed to have forgotten where he was. Zareen, absently rolled a piece of white cheese into a ball, was eyeing first Perrin, then Moraine, then him again, while trying to pretend she wasn't. It was Lan and Moraine he was really interested in, though. They could sense Midril or a Trolloc or any shadow spawn before it came closer than a few hundred paces. But the Aes Sedai was staring distantly at the table in front of her, and the warder was cutting a chunk of yellow cheese when watching her. Yet the smell of wrongness was there, as at Jara and the edge of Rimen. And this time it was not going away. It seemed to be coming from something within the common room. He studied the room again, Billy against the wall, some men crossing the floor, the girl singing on the table, all the laughing men sitting around her, men crossing the floor. He frowned at them, six men with ordinary faces, walking towards where he was sitting, very ordinary faces. He was just starting to reinspect the men listening to the women, to the girl, when suddenly it came to him that the stink of wrongness was rolling off the six. Abruptly, he had the dagger. They had the dagger in their hands as if they had realized he had seen them. So it, it they got knives. <laughs> they got knives. Look out. Down, 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 Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. The common room erupted in confusion. Men shouting, the singer screaming. Everything happened at once. Everything happens. all crazy. But yeah, so I just, you know, talk about, you know, just the writing style of the the prose of Jordan here is just fantastic. Like just because, you know, it's, it's one of these things where you can just picture him doing this. Like, okay, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Wait, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) And then like the way that the gray men were initially brought to our attention is like they're ordinary people that you would overlook. And, you know, even in this moment, when you first read, like, six men are making their way across the room, you don't think anything of that. It's just like, wait, why are six men coming across the room when there's a beautiful woman dancing on a table being risque? And why are they walking directly towards them? And, oh, shit, ordinary men coming their way. 
and now they've yeah. got knives. Oh, like at that point, it's almost too late. If he hadn't been there, they would have succeeded in, you know, if nothing else, killing Moraine and uh, Lan if they wanted to. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I keep and, I keep and, talking about these transitions, but I I'm curious to see Perrin's confidence level as we move forward because he's got to realize that his ability doesn't just put him above the average person. Now he has abilities that surpass what Moraine and Land can sense. So he, he's got to start trusting his uniqueness and what he can do. And I so, feel like this this is this is a pivotal moment. So you, we know that land or that 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 land can to a small degree, but definitely Moraine, hundred percent can can sense shadow spawn. But we have seen it once before where she couldn't, um, and that was in the Great Hunt when the Drakkar attacked her, yeah, um, because the Drakkar was warded. Yep, remember, like so the Drakkar had uh, basically someone had put a ward around the shadow spawn so you couldn't track them and see them. So there has to be even more something more sinister in play because otherwise they would have been able to sense them. Um, it makes you wonder if land fear is the one in control of the gray men. since so she keeps popping up everywhere they are. Mm-hmm. All right. So you said it first, I didn't want to be the first one to say it. Okay. Hey, she's your woman. So I'm just gonna, she is, <laughs> we are betrothed and it's getting a little, it's getting a little scary. I keep going for the crazies apparently, but, um, I'm not saying, I'm not adding another name to the list of people that are Lanfear. But what I'm saying is, every time Perrin starts thinking about our Falcon girl, he keeps mentioning her perfume. And when he senses her, it's always the perfume first. And I can't help but think back to Rand and Celine. And Rand's constant ability, like he just keeps mentioning the perfume and because it comes, if it was mentioned once, it'd be like, Oh, Perrin notices her sweet smell. That's so cute. But (laughs) Jordan keeps sliding the perfume thing in there. Hmm. And I, I, I don't know. Last time I, last time I saw that was with Celine. So what's going on here? If, if it's not, maybe she's land fear. All right. Put me on the list. She's a maybe land fear. But maybe it's, someone who's able to use those same abilities to mask how they look. And one of the side effects is some fancy perfume smell. I don't know. I don't want that to be the case. I, st- I still want Perrin to have a good buddy, a nice companion, you know, all that jazz, but I don't know. I started thinking the land fair vibes here and I immediately started thinking about our Falcon girl. Mm. Yeah. Sus. Sus. The only reason why I didn't go there is because I feel like Moraine would be able to sense something. Hmm. Possibly? You never know. Landfear's yeah. got thousands of years on Moraine, or however many she mm-hmm. does. Yeah, so about 3,000. Yeah, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but I, I have a little bit more faith in Moraine that she wouldn't have allowed her to come along if she thought there could be some real issue there. Sure. I'm putting a low percentage chance on it. It's just my mind scatters sometimes. And by like the third or fourth time in these chapters where Perrin talks about the perfume, I was like, wait a minute, heard this before. So well, my whole thought was just like perfume, ability to buy things, ability to take care of herself. She's got some money Mm -hmm. from somewhere. You don't just wear perfume if you, 
can't afford it. And back in those days, that's liquid gold. I yeah. I hope it's that. I do. Yeah. So let's get back to this action now. So, um, yeah, Perrin knows the guy. The knives come out. Moraine throws a fireball. Land goes into action. Perrin rips apart a chair because he doesn't have a knife. <laughs> just like <laughs> that's takes, my like, favorite part. Cudgel. Yeah, <laughs> and just starts beating the shit out of them. Um, but then they I, get need, close I need to a combat. weapon. It's, Pulls a stud yeah. out of the wall. Smacks people like across the head with he it. He ripped off a <laughs> thick chair leg that ran up to make one side of the ladder back. He yeah. hurled the rest of the chair at the men and set about him with a long bludgeon. Yeah, I want to know how they all actually died though. Like it's still, I, like I got the count. It was like Moraine one, Lan one, uh, Zerine right. one. That's three out of the six. Are you so giving? Did he Zerine kill one? the other three? Well, Are she we stabbed giving... one, didn't she? I think she stopped one. Maybe yeah. she got one. She pulled mm-hmm. her. She pulled her knife out of one of them's chest. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So yeah. she retrieved her knife from the chest of one of the dead men. So, like, did he kill three, or did the fireball consume like, more than one? Or, like, how did the no, other only two one die? guy was charred? Yeah. Only got one guy was charred. Moraine, so, yeah. Moraine only got one, mostly because the chaos was so chaotic. So, After the one, she so was close. like, "Yeah, she was like, well, I can't zap again, or else I don't know when I'm gonna hit." Yeah. And everyone's kind of obstacles for a parent too, because parents trying to like swing and fight, but then like people are, he doesn't want to hit, but he's not, he's not a trained fighter like everyone else. So he's really worried about hitting Fael or Moraine or Lan as he's like wailing at these guys. I, I I hope when this goes on the big screen as he's like just wielding this giant chunk of wood, uh, I, I want to see him, crack a bad guy across the skull and then whip around again, barely miss one of our good guys, but very politely go, I'm so sorry, excuse me. And then crack another one. And I just, I want to see like a little little apology, my bad, excuse me to the people he's, he's barely missing. And then like a very intense, I'm cracking you in the skull to the bad guys. Like that's the way it needs to go down. Yeah. And and within seconds, it's all over. It seems like hours, you know, for, for Perrin, because in, in a fight, you know, some time team seems to change. But, you know, when, when, when it's all over, the last guy falls, he looks over and the, and the Billy, the, the bodyguard guy, he just based uh, the bouncer, he, he just, he's just reacting. So <laughs> it literally happens all to flash. And Moraine yeah. immediately recognizes them as gray men and says, oh, the gray men. And the innkeeper's like, gray men? <laughs> That's, those are fairy tales. What are you talking about? Are you crazy? Like, you crazy. You talk about phase and stuff now? Like, oh, there's no gray men. And she's like, there are things out there. Just just trust me. And yeah. at this point also, Moraine, because she uses her power during the fight, realizes that the whole room now knows she's Aes Sedai. And the whole room acknowledges it. Even the girl's like, I am so sorry. I've been singing these nasty songs. I can change it and make it nicer. She's like, yeah, I've heard worse. Don't. (laughs) We're not that prim proper. Not the white dog. Have you, Maureen? (laughs) Tell me. Hold on. Pause. Tell me more, Maureen. Where have you been? What songs? Sing me the songs, Maureen. What do you know? (laughs) Millions of peaches. Right, right. (laughs) I'm curious. So, yeah. Um, so it also, this is, um, you know, point where, you know, Moraine thought, you know, well, you know, they're definitely after Rand, but maybe, you know, she's, she thought I've neglected to see that the Taviran, the smaller Taviran's Matt and Perrin are definitely in danger as well. Like it's, 
there's something there and she doesn't really tie connections quite, but she's just like, I, I've been focusing so much on Rand. I didn't, I, I neglected the fact that we have more than one Taviran that Matt yeah. and Perrin are too. Exactly. Um, and she makes a decision to, to leave and go get more information. Um, and Lan's not very happy about that. And he's like, you should not leave without me. And she's like, there are some things you can't do. So you stay here. She's and like, you get the uh, yeah. She, she tells them like you have skills, but they have limits. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of how we end this chapter with uh, her leaving and them staying behind. So, anything else? I actually thought the way this chapter ended that we might lose Moraine. Either, either she dies or maybe even gets worse captured. The, oh the, no! You think Moran's gonna die? No. Well, I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to, and I was very glad to read the next chapter. But um, the way they ended it, because it's like a little bit before, a while ago, we were prepared with the conversation between Lan and Moraine that okay, if something happens, this you're gonna be compelled to go to this other chick, and uh, da 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 da. So back then, I'm already thinking, dang, she's setting us up. At some point, it's gonna happen. So when I start reading this and the way it was finishing, she's like, I got to go. I got to go by myself. And if anything happens to me, whatever, I don't have to worry. You're going to be compelled to go back to blah, 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 whoever I, you know, yeah. sent you to. I forget the name already. So I'm like, holy shit, is it happening now? Are we losing Moraine already? Mm. Like I, I did. I, I had a minor freak out moment here. I mean, I know she's pissed yeah. me off in the past, but. D- she's grown. Yeah. Look, I if we lose it. her I still, now. I still love her. If we lose her now, then my prediction about Tom riding in on a stallion, sweeping her off of her feet, doesn't happen. Right. Which it is going to happen. So you're right. I don't know why I doubted. Don't doubt. I told you I get dumb sometimes. You guys, you guys know this by now. They're gonna get that bone chicken wow wow if he's one. (laughs) That brown chicken brown cow. (laughs) I am fully confident in Tom knocking the boots with more gays again. Like. Just going in and swooping, saving the day, pulling her out of the dungeon, you know, snapping her out of whatever trance she's in. But I just, I love you, Chris, but I'm not buying into the Tom and Moraine thing. I, I don't know. Mm. I could see, okay. I could see a Moraine parent. I could see that. Mm. Okay. I think that's right. about the, that's about the only, well, in Moraine land, I feel like the, yeah, there was some, but something he's going to fight, fight for that. Right. So. <laughs> Um, so anything else from this chapter I love loyal yeah loyal is awesome (laughs) they have a bed that is so big he gets excited about the smallest things uh, the the biggest things but he's he's so lovable now you guys realize like I was so excited uh, if you remember back in either world when we finally get to meet loyal and Ian's like that's it. That was like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> Loyal's so awesome. <laughs> he sprinkles like happiness and hope, but then he also has like great mumbling one-liners. Like you, you, you really shouldn't talk to an eye star like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, whatever. I'm gonna tell her off and get her off pissed off. Yeah. Like, oh no. <laughs> yep. All right. All right, moving on to chapter 43, Shadow Brothers. And the icon is a wolf. Um, 
And one thing I do have to mention before we go any further is last chapter was 42. It was the meaning of life. So we, 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 I have to give my shout out to Douglas Adams whenever I can. Um, because Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is, is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I have my towel with me just in case tonight. I'm ready to hitch a ride. Got your towel? There you ready go. Ready to go. <laughs> yep. Towel, the most important thing. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Great, great, uh, great, great, great book. If you guys have never read that book, uh, the movie's good. The book's fantastic. Uh, Good to know. I've, I've watched the movie, never read the book. So yeah, the movie's good, but the book, the book, it's not even a long book. It's a very, very short book. Um, at least the first one. Um, there's, mm-hmm. I think seven or something like that. One, one of the books is like only a page long, and because everything's a joke. It's just, <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. But yeah, so um, yeah, so let's move on to chapter forty three. Um, Shadow Brothers, and I'll jump right into it. Um. Actually, before we get there, I mean, we didn't talk about the chapter title too much last chapter title because it was, um, yeah, but let's talk about, because it's using the Badger, which is just, actually, I guess we did talk about it in an indirect way, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Shadow Brothers. What do you guys think Shadow Brothers meant when you first read the title? So we've got... Uh, before reading the chapter. So Perrin <laughs> and... Right, Perrin and his people, they're, what are they, Wolf Brothers? Wolf Brothers, yeah. Yeah, and now we got Shadow Brothers, so it's, you know. Yeah. This is where my mind went along that track of, like, werewolves. And I was like, oh, man, Shadow Brothers, maybe these are the evil wolves. Like, that's kind of where my mind went. Maybe they're the dark wolves. So, eh, a little off the mark, but. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so let's get right into the chapter. So Moraine leaves, and Lan wants to know, you know, where the Gray Man came from. He wants to know, you know, how he didn't recognize the Gray Man, where they came from, uh, why they were able to avoid his abilities of order. So um, he starts kind of quizzing Perrin, you know, you know about it. And Perrin's like, "Well, I smelled them back in Jara, and then again in Remen, um, I'd smelled them again." Um, and you know, and, and but they were always kind of it's kind of fleeting. Like they 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 had been there, but you know they weren't with us anymore. And and Lan Amelia, I guess they were hunting Rand then. Okay, got that. Um, and, and Lan says, let's go outside and maybe check around the inn and see what we can find there. And I want you to come with me, Perrin, because you know your eyesight you know might be better than mine. And loyal Ogiers have good eyesight too. Actually, you know what? All of us. Let's just all go. So, um. So yeah, that's the first scene is this little conversation. So what do you, what do you guys think about before we this interaction? We kind of grazed over Moraine's leaving, mm-hmm. which I, I, I kind of want to take a step back. I know we're into a new chapter, but you know, Moraine left in a haste in a tizzy with a lot of worry without any thought of returning. Mm-hmm. So Lan's desperately trying to find any reason to give himself an excuse to go after her. So he's not, completely right. disobeying her statements yeah right. so here I gotta we gotta find something new i gotta have a reason to validate my going against her order so that i can go and protect her which was sweet yeah. <laughs> and That's then and then we <laughs> we we get to the whole concept of just like their taint of evil is not strong enough for moraine or i to sense Greymen have walked past 
walked past a hundred guards without being noticed and water among them. So, you know, we have this idea or concept that maybe they were just warded, but I think, again, the whole danger behind the gray men in general is that they're so minuscule there. They don't have any attributes or characteristics that set them apart. They're less than average. They're like the, what is the, the, can't they just think blend of it. in so perfectly. Yeah, like they're the unseen. Like what's what's the word that the the um, Indians the me from... in high school <laughs> exactly. But you know, there's there's that group of when you think about the the caste system, the group of people that no one bothers to even think about or look at. Like oh. they're like the lowest of low. Yeah, you don't give them any thought. Talking about it's not jumping in my head though. Yeah, I can't think of the word. But um, and rem- remember, these guys, the gray men, they made it into the White Tower and nobody knew they were there until they were stumbled mm-hmm. upon. So they yeah. weren't sensed there. So I don't know. I know we're talking about the warding, but I I go back to what I was talking about, like with the wolves not being in that area. And I, I'm still thinking back to the tinkers and how they kind of sense their way around and try and stay in the safe areas. Uh, that means there's not safe areas. And what are those not safe areas? And is it the shadow? Is it where evil's taken root? And hmm. is it possible that if you're in an area where evil has taken such deep root that they can move around unnoticed hmm. by people that can normally sense them? Um, and it's like, again, what? There's nothing, there's nothing in the reading to feed me that, but that, that's kind of a vibe. I'm, and like, are these men like zombie esque? Like, have they like have they given well, their soul away? And yeah, they have. And and, and Shirim explained that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So are they zombie esque? Is that why they have this stench? They like the the power that that binds them to the world is just enough to preserve their body and allow it to be moved yeah. and manipulated. Because I mean, I think Sharon mentioned that few men give their souls away to the dark one to become gray men, but they do. Yeah. So I, and like, I, I took, I didn't take that in the literal sense. I took that in the figurative, but now that I'm looking at it this way, it's like, maybe it's more or less a smell of like rotting flesh or like death, but a dark mm. death that yeah. he can pick out that others can't because, you know, animals have that distinct ability to sense death yeah. before it comes. People say, yeah. Remember he, he's able to, um, well, I mean, when he goes into like his dreams with Hopper and everything, Hopper's like trying to explain, and I don't want to jump too far forward. We we can even look to their conversations in the past. Bro. There's the, there's this other plane. The fact that Hopper exists there but is dead in the real world, um, it, it's already got this like spiritual realm to it, right? So mm-hmm. maybe in this physical world that we're in, they barely hold the face of a person but if you were to experience them in this dream world you would see the the rotten decrepit soul that they are and mm-hmm. and parents able to yeah. sense that because of his wolf abilities yeah i'm on a recording so the four of them all walk out of the end to go search for something they have no idea what they're looking for so you know land's kind of being very vigilant, uh, looking around, and parents just kind of wandering, like, I don't really know what I'm looking out here for, but I guess 
we just keep on looking and <laughs> yeah, I'm just standing here supposed to be helping. Right. <laughs> but then he notices that there's a faint smell of burnt sulfur and he smelled the smell before. If you remember back, well, I guess it was a while ago, I guess when they're on their way to Jara, he had smelt that smell before he had saw um, uh, dog prints in the stone. And I'd asked you guys what you guys thought about that. And I can't remember what you guys had said, but um, we said it was, was fluffy. Torn. Yeah. I was torn between it being Rand and something about him has broken down so badly that like he's becoming evil. I, I think I even not predicted, but kind of like thought, all right, what if what parents becoming and what Rand's becoming are going to be like nemesis, right? So this is kind of relief for that, that what Perrin was smelling and sensing was what was trait what was chasing Rand and not Rand himself. So in a way that's a good thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well I, so I think we it, also came to the conclusion of Hellhounds. Yeah, I think you guys did. We, we did. Yeah. Like that's why I said it was fluffy because it. you know Harry Potter fluffy. Yeah. Anyway, so I, there's there's Google images, you know, if you go, I don't recommend Google searching anything from real time, but there are Google images of what dark hounds look like. And um, th- th- this is a long time ago, but like someone like on Twitter said, like, share your picture of your pet. And I went and pulled an image of a dark hound <laughs> off. <laughs> I was like, there's my pet. So, um, and I like the play. Yeah. We, we can't skip over the play that Zareen has given Perrin. Mm-hmm. Like parent, you know, parent kind of like clunks around. He's just like the big oaf, but she's like, "Hey, big boy, I like the way you mm-hmm. handle that wood." Yeah, took by the chair, so manly. Like <laughs> he's like, he realized he was standing up straight and deliberately made himself slouch. I know that feeling <laughs> when you're the biggest damn thing in the room, and everybody seems to be staring at you. You just kind of want to curl inside yourself and just be alone. It's like, stop staring at me. Like, wow, I'm you are strong. Freak. <laughs> so I'm guilty of that. And Chris, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I went to um, a brewery the other day and the lady that was behind the bar uh, pushing drinks, she had thighs like, whoa. And I'm mm-hmm. talking about weightlifting thighs. Like I looked at him and I was doing the math in my head and I was like, she could squat double me easy um and so we were like in the small group i was in we were talking and i was like well i gotta go ask her so i went up to her and i was like all right i was waiting till there weren't a lot of people around here's the thing you know if if you find this inappropriate i apologize but it seems to me like you lift and she kind of laughed and she was like yes i do obviously and she's like i you know i don't squat anymore but i deadlift like 450 or something like i was just wow let me tell you yeah like and she used to play soccer professionally so like she already had those kind of legs anyways but when i see it i can't help but call it out if you're over if if you're like pushing seven foot tall i will walk by and go damn you're tall (laughs) like (laughs) i just can't not say it i'm sorry i'm the guy nowadays it doesn't bother me but like when i was parents age because we got to remember parents just barely out of boyhood entering into somewhat of, if we want to call it manhood, he's still in his teenage years, right? Yeah. So, like, he's yes. still yeah. well, he's on, a little, on, uh, on the verge. Maybe he's uh, 20, late, late yeah, teens, I mean, early 20s. Yeah, he's still 
trying to figure himself out. He still ain't smelled his own piss, as the saying goes, quite strongly. And apparently mm-hmm. he's a virgin. Oh, clearly. That's, yeah. that's, what, we, that's <laughs> what we gather. That's what we gather from this, yeah. But yeah, so like I said, they're outside looking around. Um, and uh, after a parent notices the smell, Lar- lands over there looking at something. And then he just like joins the group and then kind of walks off to this big stone. And parent goes to join him. And realize the sulfur strong sulfur smell is even stronger there, and lands looking down at prints in the stone of what looks like a giant dog, like dog prints. And and parents like, but dogs don't leave prints in stone. And lands like dark hounds, dark hounds don't leave prints anywhere but stone. Like they can walk across muddy fields, everything, no prints at all. But they walk on stone, they leave prints. Do dark hounds know that they leave prints in stone? Because if so, clearly they wanted it to be known they were there. Because if they're trying to be stealthy, mm-hmm. don't walk on the stone. Like what? Yeah. What gets? And, and Land says, you know, well, apparently they came and they walked walk to this inn and then they turned around and left. So they are going back to report to whoever sent them. Um, um, and Fayil kind of mutters, some, mutters something about Shadow Spawn and. Um, and and Lan again tries to uh, discourage her from following them. Like this is where the scene where Lan's like, "All right, here's the deal. I know you have this whole oath thing with Moraine. You're not too far in. If you want to leave, this is a good time. Like you've now seen enough that if you go any further, you we, we might not let you leave. But you should probably this leave is now. It. <laughs> <laughs> this is, if you had doubts." Now's your time uh, to back out. She's like, yeah, I now's your time to back out. If only marriage was like that. Like at the one year mark, you could go back, you know, like to court or something. The judge would be like, pull you aside, be like, okay, like seriously, you want you want to keep doing this? Are you? Uh, I can give you freebie. I'd have yeah. tap, tap, tap. But it doesn't work. Fahil's like, no, I'm staying. <laughs> and um, and, um, and, that's and what Landfear would say. And, and Perrin's kind of wondering too, like why doesn't why didn't Land Moraine sense the Dark Hounds too? Um, you know, and and Land doesn't know for sure, um, but knows that at this point, Moraine's you know that they're in danger. Moraine's in danger. If she couldn't sense it, he needs to go after her. Um, so yeah, he decides that he's going to run off and and find Moraine um, and. That's where we kind of end this scene. But before we get you know, too far away from this, there's a couple other things that are mentioned about Dark Hounds as well. Um, we, we, we learned that um, um, that one, they have a master um, or, or something's controlling them, at least these ones. Um, anything else that you guys picked out of this? I'm just waiting for the dream sequence. Okay. That's it. I mean, I know they're colluding. I mean, the fact that the Dark the gray men and the dark hounds are kind of following the same path. Yeah. And, and just, they're harder to kill. They're harder to kill than Merdral as well. That's nothing he mentions. Yeah. Old Grim is riding, is really riding with the wild hunt. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I guess that's from an old child sto- story or whatever. Yeah. And there hasn't been a dark hound seen south of the mountains of doom since the Trolloc wars. Right. So like they're coming from the mountains. So something in the mountains has, has stirred them. And yeah, what was and that's where the blight 
Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, the blight and what was stored in the blight. Who, who are, are people trapped up there somewhere? Well, no, the blights were where the dark the, one or where Shagul is, and where 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 they went in book one to go find the eye of the world. Toronto, uh, Ontario, mm-hmm. Toronto, yeah. <laughs> um, Calgary, right. Calgary. Um, that's yeah. that's that's all blight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting i wonder how long they've been on their trail maybe they've been on their trail since the blight so i mean since yeah. one yeah and and this also when let's go back a couple other chapters you know the hounds have come after rand as well if you remember with, yeah uh, they're, they're after the mm-hmm. severance it's like when is our, our good friend matt gonna have a run-in with the hounds and the gray men? Could, well, he's had his run-in with the gray men already because Rand finger blasted a few. I was gonna say Rand was like, "Damn it, doggies!" Pew pew pew. Finger blasted him. <laughs> so when will I'm Matt no come easy across meat. them? That's the real question. Yeah, I totally get the vibe. Like I'm playing, uh, and all of them are kind of like this. But the original Final Fantasy, where you're like, you're walking around in the woods, and first your party runs into like three imps, and you barely survive. You know, three Trollocs barely survive. <laughs> And then, like, you level up and you're at the point where you're like, yeah, we got six imps. We destroy them all in one blow. Sweet. All right. Game over, right? No. Now you got to go fight fucking Wormack. Who's Wormack? Where did this come from, Robert Jordan? Why Why now? <laughs> it's like every time our characters level up, you know, the, the enemies level up too. Yeah. Which keeps it exciting. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. But they, it's it's a back and forth. It was right. like right right now. I we gotta reference this every now and then. Like if Rand walked up and saw two Trollocs, do you think he would even flinch? No. Do you think he, he would just be like, Look, guys, you just if you just go that way, I'll go this way. We don't have to do this. I don't even want to waste my time. And then when they like you know, come at him, just pew pew and it's over. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Lan tells them to go get some sleep because they're probably going to have to leave as soon as he finds Moraine. Um, because shit's going down apparently here. Not only the Gray Men, but the Dark Hounds, they can't, they can't stay. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty much determined. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, um, Perrin takes his advice and actually goes to bed and he goes straight into the Wolf Dream. Um, um, but is very confused this time because he can't find Hopper. He's looking for Hopper because he wants to ask Hopper about things, but he starts seeing images. So he sees Matt playing dice with the balls I'm on, and he's really confused about that. Um, it's and he tries ballsy. to warn, yeah, no. he tries to warn Matt, uh, but the scene suddenly changes, and um, and then finally Hopper's there, um, and he starts asking Hopper questions, and Hopper doesn't really want to answer any questions. He's just talking about the last hunt over and over again. <laughs> the last hunt comes. So let's talk about the whole dream sequence. What do you guys think? I had hope that our canines would be better communicators. <laughs> they are worse. What, communication bad in the will of time? No. Say it ain't so. Because Hopper will be like, whatever you do, don't do what you're doing because it's so horrible and dangerous. And then the, the parent goes, but why? And he goes, I'm fading away in the distance. So, uh, <laughs> I can't like just sense it to me like telepathy that shit in my brain like 
He yeah. keeps talking about how Perrin's too young and he's not yeah. ready. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he needs some more XP. Like, like maybe there's a certain amount of understanding that his, his brain and emotional like status right now just couldn't handle, but I don't know. Well, I, think I also, uh, I was saying, I also love the fact that the wolves have different names for the forsaken. Cause he mentions like Landfair and Baltimore. Cause he, you mean heart Fang and moon hunter. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I find it intriguing and exciting that he's finally like reaching out to the wolves. Just so happens that they don't want to hear what he got to say, but, or he's so far away from them that they got to find them again as he calls out to them. But the fact that he's embracing this and realizing this is a power that I may have to use and that I may need to go ahead and accept and just make it work. But, the the initial dreams of the dark hounds chasing him, he never saw them, but he could hear their howls. Fades and gray mm-hmm. men, a tall slender man flashed into into them again and again, and rich embroidered coat and boots with gold fringe. Most of the time he held what seemed to be a sword shining like the sun and laughed triumphantly. We know what that sword is. Then we know who this man is. This is the Forsaken that has taken over. Right. And he's yeah. got the sword that everybody's after. Right. Which isn't really a sword. But yeah. it's a sword. sword's not a sword. Yes. Yeah. So then he, he enters into the wolf dreams finally. And, you know, it says he wore his own coat and breeches and boots. He held his bow and his quiver hung at his side, but the axe was not there. That that kind of confused me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't like we rarely ever talk about pairing with a bow and a quiver. He's always right. got his axe. So yeah. I wonder what the significance to that is. Hmm. If there is even any significance, but maybe yeah. like that's where he needs to be headed next. I mean, bow and arrow is used, you know, aiming at the sky. So maybe there's some significance to his, his bird conundrum and his need for a bow hmm. now, but hmm. <laughs> Yeah, could just be reading into this. Yeah, and Perrin does ask him about the Gray Men, the Dark Hounds. He tells he tells Hopper that you know that they're Gray Men and Dark Hounds hunting them, and of course they have different names for them too. Uh, the Gray Men are not dead, is what the wolves called, and Shadow Brothers is what the Dark right. Hounds are. Um, he says, "Well, if Shadow if Shadow Brothers are hunting you, you need to run." That's yeah. what Hopper tells him. Like you need to run right now, and and he wants more answers, and and Hop, that's when Hopper's like. The last, the last hunt comes. You have to run away. Like, the last hunt's coming. Get away. And, well, and, and parents like, no, oh, I want more answers. <laughs> that's at the end. I'm, I'm like, I'm really intrigued by the Matt rattling a dice cup and his opponent staring at Matt with eyes of fire. Is Bialzamon? Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you're wondering if it is Bialzamon. Okay. Well, it is Bialzamon. We know it's Bialzamon. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, is this like some show of him channeling Bialzamon as he's you know, tempting fate as, as, as Matt's that? dicing around like that. Yeah. Or like, or, or is the dark one's luck. Is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, is it's, he going to take a wild card one? to break the back of the dark one? This go round. I think well, Matt's that's going to be the key question. to it all. He's, yeah. the, he's unpredictable. Then you got a going, not even a lane walking into the metal cage and with a raised door held with on a heavy spring, they stepped into it and reached up together 
to loose the catch. So that's just telling, like they are literally walking into a trap, and we already know this, right? And they know that. So is the braided woman our our original dark friend? That like, what's her name? Uh, Leandrin. Yeah, Leandrin. Does she have braids, or maybe she gets braids? Mm, I can't remember. I can't remember either. Uh, No, no, she doesn't. She doesn't have braids. No, she braids her hair back. Maybe she goes gangsta. Maybe. Five dollar Brady Brady. It's not that hard to get braids. Anybody no, can. I mean, I've yeah. had braids. Do we have any like Aes Sedai that we know that had braids though? Mm, I mean, Nynaeve is a brave, but she's not. No, not. She tugs on it all the time. She's walking, yeah. <laughs> or, or like, is there going to be a new Forsaken that comes into light? <clears throat> mm. There's thirteen of them. We have not met them all yet. Yeah, we don't know. Like, so we you do have some more female. Like we got the whole dark tower, black tower, whatever. Like mm. maybe we get some more black eyes to die that are forsaken. Ooh, okay. That's, that's, what, that's, that's why I question Alan's. Mm. There's only thirteen. Like, come on, that yeah. we know yeah. of. You got to remember, well, it's they, all about yeah, per, it's all that. about perspective and the people, <laughs> the people telling the stories and what they've been told and. That don't mean they know everything. And yeah. then do the wolves know who the Shadow Brothers answer to? No, oh, yeah. Well, Hopper doesn't tell them if they do. No, he doesn't. Hopper he is a fucking him. Hopper or Hopper and Moraine would get along very well. I have so much vital information that would make three books irrelevant, but I must go now. <laughs> you know. Oh. <laughs> Figure that shit out uh, yourself. And then he wakes up and it's like, you are Tavirin. Yep. Yeah. So then, yeah. So the, at the end of his dream, he falls off a, I guess it was, a, you know, starts falling. And before the ground comes, he wakes up and he's comes to his senses and realizes someone's in the room, looks over and Fahil's just staring at him. She's like, I'm trying to figure you out. You are Tavirin. But what is like, well, Yeah. She's farm boy, the dragon reborn. Yeah. Who are you? So she's not Lanfear because she would already know who he is. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's my logic on that. Okay, but she yeah. in disguise she knows too much to be a typical average person. She's, There's something yeah. special about her that we just don't know yet. I've got to back up just a little bit when um when Perrin was asking Hopper like, "All right, are the dreams real?" All right, Hopper goes all fucking Morpheus on him. And it's like, what is real is not real. What is not real is real. Flesh is a dream and dreams have flesh. And then, let me skip ahead just a little bit. When he's ready to wake Perrin up, he says, flee, young bull. Hopper leapt, leaped. Four paws hitting Perrin's chest, knocking him back over the edge. Flee the Shadow Brothers. Did we just do a Matrix Inception like crossover series in a couple of paragraphs? Am I the only one noticing that? Yeah. And Perrin wasn't offered a red pill or blue pill. He just he went down the damn rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and then somebody kicked him in the chest to wake him up. Like Yep. What's going on? Yeah. I don't know. So also just want to go back a little bit too, because chat is so awesome to remind me of things that I don't have in front of me right now. So Leandrin has a multitude of, multi, of small honey colored braids. So yes, Leandrin does have braids. 
So it is Leandro that's trapping them. Okay, so just checking that off. Yeah, uh, things that I I can't remember that chat can remember because so I have a horrible feeling that we're going to end this book with everybody <laughs> in danger. That's yep. where we started the book, brother. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. <laughs> They're just constantly <laughs> dangerous entire series. <laughs> there was like 30 seconds in the beginning of Eye of the World where it's like, oh, we're going to go meet up with the village folk and celebrate. We didn't even get a mile down the road. And it was like, something's wrong. <laughs> Someone's following me. <laughs> like, the fuck is that? I don't know. Someone tell me. I could, but I won't. Oh, Trollix. Right. Nonstop ever uh, since then. Yeah, exactly. So much so, so yeah. that Perrin has not had any private time in. Yeah, yeah he has not been able to ease the badger he for not many, been many, many minutes. Uh... That's why he's so ornery. <laughs> I get it now. I get it. Uh, so, um, so f- let's talk about Fahil and this whole interaction with Perrin. Um, you know, she, he asks who you are. He, she asks, he asks who she is. Like they go back and forth, have this little conversation, um, you know, around the dragon reborn and parents like, no, I'm not that. But she, he like pauses, like, who are you? <laughs> and hmm. before we get to, um, uh, our, our lady Moraine coming back, what do you guys I think about that? Whole farm boy, a hunter of the horn. Who do you think I am? The woman of your dreams. Why did you jump <laughs> that way? You would think I goosed you. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed when I heard that. And then the second time when I read it, I was like, well, she just talked about how he had a bare chest, and now she's talking about fondling his cojones. Like. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how she very quickly, in the short amount of time, she wraps up everything that. I mean, she she was able to obviously see this in real time, like, and she's observant, so she picked up on it. But us as a reader, like, all of these things have slowly built up over the few books we've had so far. But she just busts out. She's like, okay, here's the, here's the list. Let me give you a list. You're Taviran, as if ticking off a point. Stoneface thinks those odd eyes of yours can see things. His can't. Gray men want to kill you. You travel with an Aes Sedai, a warder, a no-gear. You free caged Aiel. I think there should have been more emphasis on that. That's the craziest out of all of it when you think about it. And kill white cloaks. Okay, also that those two should be emphasized. Who are you, farm boy? Like, uh, when I was reading through this, when I hit it, I was like, not only did she size him up quick, but I had one of those moments of just recognizing, be like, damn, Perrin has come a long <laughs> way. Because she, she called him out truthfully on all of those things. And do you remember the chapter where we were talking about Perrin being a block? A block. We're like, <laughs> Perrin needs to fuck, like poking him with a stick, like do something, Perrin. Jesus, poke, poke. <laughs> and yeah. now we had a Well, book. you poked. <laughs> yeah. Perrin done did done something. Oh. Now, if he pokes oh, yeah. one more thing, then we'll really have a man. Hey, so yeah anyway so um so yeah so as they're having this whole conversation um it doesn't get too far into the conversation before moraine busts the door uh moraine busts the door and and uh and says 
preparing your dreams are actually true. You must be like almost like a dream walker because the Forsaken are here. They're in they're loose. They're in Ilium and they rule here in Ilium. Yeah, so they rule. White stallion. It's like your wolf dreams tell us truly as a dreamer's parent, the Forsaken are loose and one of them rules in Ilian. All I can say is the most action in Perrin's room in his entire life. <laughs> Enjoy it. <sighs> Two girls, wolf, <laughs> and he can't be a dog. <laughs> yeah. So I know we leave on a big cliffhanger here, and I'm sorry for that, but what do you guys think about a Forsaken? I mean, we've hinted to it the entire time, and you can probably see it coming, but... Yeah, it was probably one of the easier ones to figure out, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I don't... I think I'm more interested at this point to see what comes of it. Like, it didn't even... Like, none of this surprised me. It didn't even feel like a cliffhanger to me. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I think I knew Moraine was going to come back because oh. she's got to be saved by Tom at some point. <laughs> like, that's <gonna laughs> Like, so, you know, and... I want to know where she went and what who she learned what she learned from, and you know, said her face as pale and grim as death. Mm-hmm. What's like this scares her that much? What's the next step? What's the reaction? But then my other thought is, well, they have to just keep going. They have to get to Rand, right? And I mean, and the Forsaken are known to be super scary i mean we've met a few and i mean granted in book one we met um Bethalmil and agonor at the eye of the world we diced them up real fast but then they had just come out so well, they were like, still they rub in my in my but, mind and, and they were also still really weak because they just had basically you know like what i mean i hate to use this analogy but like think about like vampires like mm-hmm. just awakening like they're super weak they hadn't they hadn't regained their strength yeah. yet yeah so it, they, they but but now you have a guy that's been here for like a year um that's been ruling over Ilian for a year now and obviously is now at full power that's terrifying to moraine like get the fuck out of there <laughs> oh man i just i want to know how the eyes to die are going to respond i want to know how it's all the questions like that that is really the premise of this book is how many questions can i make you think before i give you very little answers yeah I have less and less faith in the White Tower altogether. Yeah. I do too. I, like, they're not special at this point. I feel like there's too much that they don't know, and what they don't know is going to burn them. I'm even questioning this oath they take if, like, that in itself is going to backfire on them, or if, or if that, or if that oath and that rod was put in place by a dark friend exactly way back in the day ago. like that was an early seed planted that would just bind their hands uh, yeah well that's why we got a yeah. black tower hmm. anything else from this chapter are these chapters that we missed or guys want to talk about no i think we covered everything like i Zareen is definitely my favorite character right now. Yeah. Beyond, like, parents, the obvious. 
but mm-hmm. there's just something about her wit yeah that just draws me in it's her yeah. wits huh uh, yeah, that's what we'll call it. So, um, yeah. Up. So, favorite character from Chris is Fael. How about you, Ian? Who's your favorite character? Lanfear. Lanfear. Okay. Uh, she was mentioned. It counts. <laughs> oh, I, Fael. Fael. Oh, oh yeah. You're, you're Lanfear. Fael. Lanfear. Okay. Yeah. I'm not if it's not Lanfear, it's somebody that can use the same. I don't. I, I, again, I don't agree. I'm a I disagree with type have a hard abilities. disagreement. Yeah, Chris is hard disagreeing with you on that one. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would I say I accept funny. your hardness, but like people might, I don't want, I don't want that to be taken the wrong way. <laughs> but I, I'm okay with it. It just, I'm not uncomfortable with your hardness being there. This, I don't know how to say this. I, <laughs> someone help me. Yeah, you do you. I'll do me. No, that's still wrong. Jesus. <laughs> well, no, no. You, like we've learned, this is a good thing. Like Matt, I mean, even Perrin needs to like do him. and He needs to ease that badger. The, porch, He's so. the stress, the everything. It's. Hmm. Yeah. I, let, I know a doc that will write him a prescription to get some loan time to be able to take <laughs> care of business. <laughs> it is there a medical go. necessity. Nice. So yeah, so next week we will do two chapters. Well, for us, we'll record in two weeks. But for next week, for you guys listening, there will be two chapters. Um, and there's uh, 44 and 45. Um, I'll just say that we only talk about them, but the names of the chapters are Hunted and Camelin. So I wonder where they're yeah. going in the second chapter. I, I don't know. I bet you it's back to Alien. <laughs> They're going to swoop by the two rivers and be like, Tam, why haven't you come for me? Like, yeah, he'll be like, I traveled forward. He's time traveling. I traveled forward to go backward. I've already been there. You He's Dr. Strange in that shit right now. You can't get He's there from here. The, He's looking at all the possibilities and mm-hmm. finding out the one. Yeah, um, exactly. So anyway, that's uh, that's it for uh, um, for as far as I have for this week. So I'll just go in and wrap up. Unless you guys have anything else? Nope. All right. So how are you found um, at the Wheel Reads and Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, also at the Wheel Reads, uh, our, our at the Wheel Reads, uh, the Wheel Reads at Gmail dot com is our email. Um, the Wheel Reads dot com is our website. Uh, let's see. We have Patreon, which, uh, is a great way to support us. So is merch. So go buy some merch. Um, it's actually supports a lot of ways. Some, some cool t-shirts, cool designs, cool things there. Actually. Um, we give it away sometimes, but also you can buy it. So check it out on our website, uh, discord, join our discord community, please. Um, if you're listening to this and you have not joined our discord, I know some people are like, what's Discord? I've never used Discord. Um, is that some sketchy app? No, it's not. It's a really cool place. Uh, you can talk to other people about Lula Time. Uh, if you read the series or you're a first-time reader, it doesn't matter. We have roles for you that will block you from things and keep you safe. If you're a first-time reader, if you're not, we have plenty of channels for you to talk all your hearts out to your, um, your heart's content. Um, all about uh, Wheel of Time and different things. And also we talk about other stuff too. I mean, there's we have a whole section on Cosmere for uh, Brandon Sanderson novels too, just because a lot of people that read Wheel of Time also read 
uh, the Cosmere. I just got finished with the first Mistborn trilogy. Um, so um, read that on the side. And by the way, if you guys are looking for something, Ian and Chris, to read in the meantime, if you have time to read something else, <laughs> I recommend Mistborn. It is fantastic. Um, beautiful, beautiful. At least the first trilogy. It's all they, they have two trilogies, but the first one I've read. Um, let's see. Um, and then also support us. Yeah. Um, like us, subscribe to us, share us with your friends, write a review. Um, I actually do go and read those from time to time. I actually read them last week. I appreciate all the people that wrote recent reviews. They were fantastic. And I love to read them. Um, good or bad. You guys can give us bad reviews, you know, I mean, um, I, I, they've all been great. If you do, <laughs> I will come they, after you. Chris, Chris, we might send Chris after you, but don't worry. He's 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 just only like six foot six and then gigantic. And <laughs> I'll, I'll come, but, you know, I'll come cook for you and try and win you over. There you go. Yeah. So so Ian Ian will kill you with kindness. Uh, Chris will kill you with brute strength. So you know, <laughs> with a very strong hug. Yeah, a very strong hug. It's it's all with love. <laughs> Bring my black tower along, my friend. There you go. <laughs> Yep. So that's that's all I got for this week. How about you guys? Anything else? He missed the hammer and tongs in his hands, the white hot metal giving off sparks as his blow shaped it. Until next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reeds. See y'all next time. <laughs>